What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. What do you got, Bergman? All right, so yesterday the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks were playing each other, and Giannis Antetokounmpo missed a last-second shot to to beat the Phoenix Suns, and they lost 125-124. to 124. So after the game, somebody asked Devin Booker about that shot. What were you thinking when Giannis got that last look? Uh, that we're in good shape. So, all right. What do you think of that quote, George, about Devin Booker saying that? about? Giannis? I mean, he, he ain't wrong. You know, on the scouting report, if you're the opposing team and there's a last-second shot and you're like, okay, what's the shot we want here? Giannis with a mid-range jumper. Go get that. If we can get that, that's what we want. And look, it just shows you that even as a two-time MVP – you know, LZ, you and I specifically have talked about this a lot over the last couple of years, which is, yo, he's his game is not refined offensively yet. And now it's like someone's saying it out loud, you know? I mean, he's, he's self-check from outside the paint. And I get it. His stats were fantastic last year, and they were fantastic the year before that. Mm-hmm. But you a fool if you thought he was MVP. I'm right. just saying it, yeah. you know, because all you had were stats. Right. Because your eyeball test wasn't telling you that. Yeah. Well, they won games too. But yes. But I agree. Yes. I just like what Devin Booker was saying. Like, oh, we were fine. It's cool. It's good. I mean, that's that's kind of a funny thing to say. The honesty, Never, but, Scott, I thought was the best. I was also it. the best part of that. Yeah. But here's the thing, though, guys. This is not breaking news to Giannis. This is not breaking news. No. So it's like, I don't know what you're doing or not doing, but it, it is kind of bad at this point that you're self-checked from 15 feet. Like, <laughs> that's not good. And you're talking about, you know, everyone's like going, oh, he needs to go and match up with some other people so he can win a championship, blah, blah. And what was I saying the whole time, George? It, it, wherever you go, you, that broke jump shot's going with you. Yeah, he's got <laughs> he, he's got a well, look, I remember, you know, we were talking. We've talked a lot about LeBron and we talk about a lot about LeBron, obviously. And you're listening to KSP in Los Angeles. You know, the 2011 finals, that was the book on LeBron LZ. It was two things. Yep. It was force. Let's go into a zone, force LeBron to shoot jumpers. Yep. And if he gets in the post, don't worry about it because he can't beat you that way. And those two things came to fruition. And then LeBron worked on his game because he got embarrassed on a big stage. Yep. And Giannis has now been embarrassed twice on a big stage, and I'm waiting for that moment to kind of kick in. Yeah, it's – I don't know what he's waiting for because now dudes who ain't even been in the playoffs are talking about you. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. The bubble yeah. champs are talking about you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Devin Booker, though, he must feel good about himself because what's he make, about $30 million a year? Yeah. Seriously, like if you walked around the, all of America and you said, hey, who's Devin Booker? If you're not a basketball fan, you don't know, and that probably guy's making like $30 million probably a year. Yeah, probably, probably not. not. Yeah, Probably not. All right, that's what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. I can hit a 15-footer, by the way, just putting that out there. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I the, way like you, you yeah. Yeah, the way you criticize his shot, his broken 15-footer, it sounds not like, hey, I'm criticizing. It sounds like, I got mine. I mean, I am criticizing, and I got mine. Mm. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's qualified criticism. Well, it, 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 what it really is is just recognizing what he needs to really become that dude to catch up to the way he's talked about. Right. And I don't like putting people in categories where they don't belong. Correct. 
That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that's unreasonable. Yeah. Like some, way, people, that. some people are good with that. They, they don't mind putting someone like you. You like putting Tom Brady in greatest afternoon of all time conversations. That makes me uncomfortable. I don't no, want. I don't think he belongs there. Not not greatest athlete, just greatest football leader. Okay. Because you know, no one could have done what Tom Brady did. See, th- you do, there, there it is. There it is. <laughs> it only took a, it only took an hour to get into that today. Uh, all right, this portion of the show is presented by Alignment Health Plan, changing healthcare one person at a time. So earlier we were talking about uh, LZ brought up the kind of the three levels or areas of concern for the Lakers, despite their winning. Um, and we kind of identified some of the things that uh, people are talking about and people are wondering, like, how are these things going to play out? So which of these is the most concerning to you? Is it LeBron's minutes, which is clearly a huge topic of conversation today in the zeitgeist and across the country on sports shows? Is it Anthony Davis's health, ultimately? Or is it the seeding and being the number one overall seed? So hit us up, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Before we get to the calls, um, Cap, which of those is the most important to you? Well, for me, it's Anthony Davis's health because I think that long-term, um, you got to be thinking about having your best team during the playoffs. And so for me, playoff seeding isn't quite as important, although I know LZ had pointed out that it could mean seeing the Clippers in the second round, and I've got that sort of like – perception and arrogance of who cares but because i figure they'll fall apart at some point anyway um so i would say for me it's definitely ad's health although i do see a quote from ad now saying that it's not pain it's soreness so you know i hope you guys can make the distinction between pain and soreness um yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. i can a little bit because sometimes when i'm sore it kind of hurts and that's sort of painful kind of um i think for me, soreness is identifiable pain. Like, I know why I'm uncomfortable. It's because I worked out very hard. It's because I ran a long distance, blah, blah, blah. Right. Whereas pain is like, I don't know what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I try mm-hmm. to walk and it hurts all right. the time. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's like a sharp pain is the way I identify that. That's pain so, yeah. to me. So, for right. me, I got AD. I got AD's health. Okay. LZ? Uh, I still got LeBron's minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I I need him to play fewer minutes, which I guess is just saying I need them to go back to when they were building a lead, was able to maintain that lead, and we don't have things happen to us like what happened against Golden State Warriors where we had a comfortable lead, took our foot off the gas, and next thing you know, we've lost the game. See, I'm with Scott on this one, um, shockingly, because <laughs> AD, to win a championship, AD needs to be healthy. Uh, LeBron is great, and, you know, I make the reference earlier when we went off on a tangent for a minute about LeBron going for 50 against KD, Steph, and, and the Warriors. You said a 50-burger. A 50-burger. Uh, it was a 50-burger, and, you mm-hmm. know, breaking his hand after the game because JR made a, you know, bumbling play. But um, because of that, like, I think you need that guy, that other guy with him to give yourself the best chance to win a championship, and that's what this thing is all about. But let's go to the phones. People want to chime in on this. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. Uh, let's go to, is it, how do you say this person's name, Laura? Machia. Machia. Machia is in L.A. What's up? Um, so I'd say that AD's health is definitely more of a concern considering the history, but honestly they go pretty hand-in-hand because when AD's playing healthy and when AD's playing good, 
that's what we were doing at the beginning of the season, being up 20 going into the fourth quarter, not having LeBron have to play. So the two go very much hand in hand, but because of AD's history being injury prone, that's the one to be more worried about. I mean, every time he goes on the floor, you hold your breath. So as long as AD's healthy, LeBron's minutes stay down and we repeat. Thank you. Go ahead, Ozzy. But here's the thing. AD has been healthy all season. So those leads we're building weren't attributed to him being healthy because he he hasn't been healthy all season. But he was on the floor at least. He was on the floor. He was on the floor at least. And Mattia, thank you for the call. Um, I, I will say this. He brings up this point, which I agree with wholeheartedly. Do you guys also hold your breath every time he hits the floor? Because I have felt that way yes. since the minute he arrived. Yes. Yes. And even though I understand, I, I think I understand why he does it. You know, I, I had a coach tell me a long time ago um, to protect your ankles especially. Mm-hmm. It's better to roll with it and fall as opposed to resist it and have it actually have tension and torque which can cause a more severe sprain than if you just roll with the way that your ankle's going and just allow it to naturally go with the momentum. Right. I, I think it's funny that he said that he holds his breath every time he's on the floor because he's, he's so big, Anthony, and he's so strong-looking, but yet he's, his limbs, like his arms are so long and his legs are so long, and when he walks, he's just got this movement like, like, um, like he could fall apart, like he could crumble, but yet... I don't know, man. That guy has some kind of body. I mean, just you talk about like the Achilles and you think about how big he is, how strong he is, how much he weighs, how much pressure is coming down every time he jumps up and he lands. He's a massive, massive human being. Let's go to Hector in Hacienda Heights. Hector. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, real quick. Priority is hiring somebody who can protect. LeBron from LeBron. If Vogel's not going to do it, if Palenka's not going to do it, if LeBron is not going to do it, then we need to get somebody. Look, I totally understand the mindset of LeBron where he needs to play every day because it'll be much harder to take a day off or a couple days off and then bounce back from that. But for him to play these uh, uh, these amount of minutes, that's going to hurt us in the long term because it's going to expose him to injury. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Appreciate it. Yeah, no, listen. I, look, I, I do think there is some inherent danger to that. It's not like we, we are not in the era of LeBron is completely indestructible anymore because, A, he's 36 years old, although he's as close to it as we've ever seen. Uh, but, B, we've already seen Cap him go down. We yep. saw him his yep. first year with the Lakers, you know, have that groin injury, and literally every time since then, you know, we were just talking about AD and holding our breath. Anytime the word groin comes up with LeBron, even soreness, we're all like, uh-oh. You know, like you just yep. you just kind of hold your breath on that too. Yeah, I remember there was a night, um, The I want to say the Rams were playing the Cowboys at the Coliseum, and LeBron and a bunch of the Laker players were at that game, and he came walking out of the tunnel where the players would come out, and he was walking across the field to go down towards the end zone hospitality. Um, and so I was doing the game, and I, I said, well, I'm going to try and get as close to LeBron as I can because I thought in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to examine his gait. I'm going to take a look at how he's walking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually be an observational reporter right now so that I can go, you know, I saw LeBron. He looked like he was walking fine to me. Uh, but, yeah, he, he does. He has gotten hurt. And if he – see, to me, if AD's hurt, the Lakers can still win as long as LeBron's healthy and playing. 
Whereas if LeBron were hurt and it oh, were yeah. AD no, having over. to carry it, yeah, to me it's it's not yeah, the same yeah. deal. I mean, it's the Pelicans. You know what I'm saying? Like we've seen that. We know what that movie looks <laughs> it's like, the right? Pelicans. LZ? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to say it. That's why I made it about the MVP argument. But since yeah. you brought it up, Cap, yeah, that's kind of the way I feel. Yeah. That yeah. if LeBron is healthy, um, and everyone else is healthy, and we don't have AD. I feel like we could still be a top four seed. I still think we're a threat to get to the finals, if not win it. Um, if LeBron is less than 80%, um, I'm concerned. Let's go to Raul. Raul is in Van Nuys. Raul, what's up? Hi, guys. Um, so I, my biggest thing would be AD's health. Uh, I think it's important to get him back on the court. I think it is a domino effect because you lessen LeBron's minutes. I think LeBron is more comfortable sitting out if he knows he's got 80 on the floor with the rest of the guys, because I don't think right now he's got a second option that he can really trust out there. He's kind of watched the games. He's, like, itching to get back in after he's been taken out of the game. And I think for me, I think another thing that's really key is the fact that, uh, you know, every every minute is crucial for LeBron, like, that he's out there, that he's taking those bumps. Like, I know he's taking more jump shots, but he's still going to the paint and getting hit regularly. And I just don't want him to end up going down to the point where right now we think we have him for about three to four more years at a prime LeBron, but that could turn into two years if we don't take care of him. Kind of like the way Kobe uh, in that one stretch with Dwight was injured and he kind of went off. Um, you know, those minutes add up. They just really do. Thank you, pal. Appreciate it's, it. Uh, all right. Good call. It's Let, good call. Yeah, no, it's, it's very it's reasonable. I, I, look, I think all three of these are important. I think that, it, you know, I'd probably say the LeBron AD portions of it um, are the most important because you don't get the number one seed without those two being healthy, right? Like, there is that part of it. But we'll keep taking your calls at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Um, coming up next, though, don't forget at 530, by the way, we have uh, Raheem Morris, the Rams' new D.C. Uh, he's going to stop by. We'll, he'll join us. But coming up next, the Dodgers introduced Trevor Bauer. Uh, a lot of stuff going on with the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw spoke to the media recently and talked about kind of some of the burden off of his shoulders. We'll get to all that stuff coming up in just a second. And we've got a very special day today. A very special day. National Day Day. National Day Day today. <laughs> so we'll get to that. Get it together, bro. National up. Day Day. Yeah, that's what it, it is. is. National, National Day, Day. Day today. Uh, all right, we'll get to that in three minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sedan Z and Cap with you here, where we do terrible impersonations. I don't know, man. I think it's pretty damn good myself. Uh, you know, maybe. It's all subjective. Uh, nonetheless... Uh, what's not subjective is today is a national day day. And uh, today's day yeah. is National Guitar Day. Now, the reason this is exciting to me is because I am not musically inclined by any stretch of the imagination. I do love music, obviously, and many different genres of music. But I have never learned to play an instrument. And there are two instruments that I would love to have learned to play. Um and it's why I, you know, I've, I've gotten my kids a little bit into it uh, at a very young age. Because why, what do they play? 
Well, my daughter, you know, she we got her a keyboard, so we're mm-hmm. working on that. Now, nice. we the problem was COVID hit, mm-hmm. and then we couldn't do in-person lessons anymore. So mm-hmm. that's tough on a six-year-old, so we had to put that on pause. Um, but um, I would love to learn a, how to play a guitar and a piano. Like, that was always kind of something I wanted to do uh, in my life at some point, and I have never gotten the chance to do it. Uh, Cap, Cap, if you is there, do you know how to play an instrument? Number one, and if you don't, is there an instrument you wish you could rock? Because I feel like knowing how to play an instrument and being like a rock star is like the highest level of stardom and like the entertainment ladder. Because movie star is one thing, but I think that when you're a rock star, and LZ, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Or you know what, music star, right? Like forget rock star is just relative. Um, because if you can get when you're in concert and you're literally commanding an audience, right? They're singing along to your lyrics. Like that has to be such a crazy rush to be able to see that in person, uh, night in and night out. Um, so just that part of it is awesome too. But Cap, we'll start with you. Okay. Just do you know how to play an instrument? If not, do you? Uh, which one would you like to learn how to play? And also, where do you feel mus- musical star? is on the totem pole of entertainment. All right, that's a lot of questions. I've already forgotten all of them. So let me just say this to you, George Sedano. I'm like you. I want to know how to play the guitar. Now, I have never played the guitar, but I have an acoustic guitar, and I've tried to learn by watching YouTube videos, Mm. and I can't do it. I don't know what it is. (laughs) I can't do it. I mean, I just, I can't do it. Listen, I got the guitar right here. I guarantee it's so out of tune. I don't. I don't know how to play guitar. I want to play guitar. And here's the thing. I don't even need to be a rock star. Here's what I want. I want to be able to play three, four, five chords so I can sing all the songs that I want to sing. Because I'm telling you right now, any young guy who's out there listening, listen to what I'm about to say to you. Learn to play the guitar from the time you're about 16 till the time you're about 22. If you can learn the guitar in that area of your life, you will be set for life when it comes to meeting women because women love it when dudes can play guitar i wish i could i can't i want to i don't lz help me well i have uh two things from my ex-wife one is my son sort of can't get rid of that Mm-hmm. And then the other is a guitar that she gave me for my birthday. Um, wow. Was that like 30 years ago now, maybe? Wow. Something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and so I used to play the guitar for Isaiah when he was a baby. Um, what's happened over time between um, a lack of practice as well as uh, years of basketball and all the fingers getting jammed and stuff, mm-hmm. it's just really uncomfortable for me to pick up the guitar now and try to get my fingers to curl around to actually play the way I used to mm. but I can still strum a little bit and do chords and stuff like that is fun now my best friend just started playing the bass and he assured me that that's easier on my hands at this stage mm-hmm. so I'm actually I'm going to start learning how to play the bass this year because I do love playing instruments I played instruments my whole life I was in a band I love instruments I was in a band in college so I absolutely love 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 uh, being able to play music what did you play in the band uh, I was a lead singer, actually, and uh, I also used a guitar to write songs. So Martin and I were the main songwriters, and I was the lead singer. And it was a great, great time until I lost my voice. Oh, yeah, I, I've heard this story. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> it's and terrible. then I realized, holy moly, 
Like, I, that was the – I remember when you told that story the first time to me and Key many years ago, we were like, wait, you lost your voice? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. I developed notes and um, never knew what they were and didn't have money to get them fixed or anything like that. And ultimately, I just lost my singing voice, and my voice actually completely changed. So my speaking voice today is not the speaking voice that I had when I was younger. Wow. Uh, Frankie Fresh just tweeted us. I believe Jimmy this- Carter. Yes, it is Jimmy Carter. <laughs> yes, him. Um, says I'll teach you guys how to play guitar if y'all teach me how to be on the radio professionally. Well, I guess I'm out of that. <laughs> right, because you, you don't know how to do it professionally, is what you're right. <laughs> Take me, I would like to learn how to play guitar, though. I'll tell you that right now. Maybe we could work something out. Maybe LZ, we could work something. Out. I just want to tell you one thing. I once dated a girl. This is after I'd gotten divorced. Right, I met this girl. Mm-hmm. And she was a guitar player, singer, and songwriter and everything. And I loved dating this girl because I would go to her place and I'd give her a list before I got there. I'm like, yo, make sure you know how to play these songs because when I get there, I need to jam. So I would sit there with my guitar, not playing it, and she would then play the songs that I wanted her to play so that I could sing because I think I'm a lead singer, just mm-hmm. by the way. Of All course right. you would think you're a lead singer. Right. I think that. I'm yeah. not sure I am. No. I'm not sure anybody would like it, but right. I think I'm a lead singer. Yes. Wait. Wait, hold on. Girlfriend, you lost your singing voice too? Laura did, yes. What happened? I did. So I was in choir from like third grade on. And in middle school, I started noticing my voice was changing and I couldn't hit certain notes anymore. And I went to the doctor and they're like, oh, you have um, like notes. And they wanted to take them out. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. So I never did. So my voice completely changed too. My voice was very, not dramatically different, but it was different. Mine is very different. I used to be able to, with my band, we used to do covers of a lot of U2 songs. Mm -hmm. And so, like, With or Without You, like, I used to crush that song. And now when I hear it, it just reminds me of, like, what I lost. Yeah, that sucks. It totally sucks. But it worked out. I still got a career. Yeah, no, it worked out. Now, LZ, (laughs) though, you could have been a rock star. Do you believe rock star is the highest rung of entertainment? Um, I do not. No. What is? I still believe it's the thespian. Oh, you think um, an actor? An actor. Because mm-hmm. a rock star can only be a rock star. An actor can be anything. Hmm. Uh, but I just feel like the instant gratification of being a musician is like pretty awesome. And all movie stars like come up with their own bands, and then they're playing at a venue, and it's like, wow, <laughs> I didn't know that guy had a band. And it's like, yeah, he doesn't really, but he wants one because he wants to be a rock star. <laughs> right, you know? right, 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 yeah. Like, like, like look at, like, uh, well, I mean... I mean, Broadway is full of people that can do both. So, I mean, right. you don't have to choose one or the other. But if given my choice, uh, acting, the shelf life is longer. Yeah. Yeah, unless you're Sammy Hagar or Paul McCartney or one right. of those kinds of guys. I ain't trying guys. to see no Paul McCartney. What's wrong with you? I, see I, know, no that you I know you're not seeing no Paul McCartney because you're busy seeing The weekend. No, because I just want to see better music. he's kind of past his prime (laughs) i would say so (laughs) um so we didn't get to trevor bauer um so we should probably do that after raheem morris or sometime at you know the rest of the show so trevor bauer was announced we will talk about him because there was some stuff um that press conference was a mixture of hey welcome aboard by the way you've got some stuff that we need to talk about uh and he was asked some questions that he uh, he copped to he copped to them but we'll get to some of that in a minute. But Raheem Morris is the new D.C. for your Los Angeles Rams. He'll be on Sean McVay's staff. Obviously, him and Sean have a relationship going back a number of years now. So we will talk to Raheem in just a moment. By the way, earlier today at 4.30, which each and every weekday at 4.30, we're giving away money on the show. 
Uh, we had a gentleman not call in today, so it rolled over. So that means tomorrow's prize is $540 at 4.30. So what you need to do is register right now. So text the word MISSION, that's M-I-S-S-I-O-N, to this number, 40705. Text the word MISSION to 40705. So Raheem Morris the new defensive coordinator of your L.A. Rams, joins us in three minutes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Sedano, LZ, and Cap with you here on 710 ESPN. We're supposed to hear from Raheem Morris, the new defensive coordinator for your L.A. Rams. We will chat with him when he chimes in. Maybe he plays an instrument. I'd love to hear if that was the case, if Coach, uh, if coach plays any instruments. Um, good question for him. National yeah. Guitar Day. Yeah, what the hell? So, real quick, while we wait for him, I mentioned Trevor Bauer. Uh, Trevor Bauer was introduced today to the Dodger faithful. Laura, I know we have some sound of Trevor Bauer, and he was asked a number of different specific baseball questions, uh, but I thought the one that was interesting was just kind of, because he's, he's got all this like bravado, right, about him, when he was asked straight up, like, do you feel any pressure, right, coming to a team that's fresh off a championship, and here's what Trevor had to say. I think there's always pressure um, on there's pressure on everybody and every and every team, especially the World Series champs, to come out and, and do it again. Um, I don't know if it adds any extra pressure to me specifically or not. My focus is always, uh, you know, the, the, it's always the same. I want to be the best pitcher I can possibly be. I want to win the most games I possibly can for my team. I want to be uh, a positive member of the clubhouse and a positive member of the team and accomplish something great. Um, so I focus on, you know, training. I focus on the work that I can put in and, and being the best that I can be at my job and uh, trying to assist others and how they can be better and uh, be the best at their jobs. So I really don't look at pressure from a standpoint of results. Um, I look at the process, uh, and I know I can control the process and how I work and how I go about it. And um, at the end of the day, the results are just a result of, of the process in my view. So uh, I don't feel a ton of pressure on that front. You know what's funny about that, right? Like Not it's, a lot. No, no, uh, no I, I will. There is some funny to this, oh, and I'll okay. explain what I mean by that, okay? He, it's what I said earlier. He generally exudes a ton of bravado, right? Mm-hmm. When, when he, specifically when he's on social media, okay? And it's almost like, kind of like, you know when the people say, oh, don't be a Twitter tough guy, Right? Well, he kind of is a Twitter tough guy. Not to say he's not really amazing at what he does for a living, too. But 
he has a little bit of that. We can get to some of that on the other side because uh, Coach is here now. Raheem Morris, new defensive coordinator for your L.A. Rams, joins us here on Sedano, LZ, and Cap on 710 ESPN. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time. Congratulations on the new gig. Now, let me ask you this. Before we even get into football, we were just discussing earlier, today is National Guitar Day. So we were talking about... Um, I don't know how to play any instrument. I wish I knew the guys, the same thing. LZ knows how to play the guitar really well. Um, is there an instrument that you know how to play? And if not, which instrument would you wish you would have learned to play? <laughs> uh, very interesting question. Uh, I don't. I don't know how to play any instrument. I took a small violin lesson when I was young. Uh, my mom was trying to make me cultural in different ways and do different things, but uh, <laughs> uh, that didn't work out. Couldn't help me out on that on that on that on that thing. But I did. If there was an instrument, I, I, I like to be a drummer, man. Drummers always seem like some bad dude that's uh, <laughs> coming to the party late and tear some stuff up, get his little solo act and tear it down and uh, walk out the stadium type deal. I love it. I just want to know what kind of drummer, like who. You know, uh, you know, it, it really doesn't matter, man. You've seen uh the music's kind of uh, bounced around a little bit, man. We talk about the guys like Hova and the guys that have been able to do some certain things and, and bounce around the music to make things creative. Uh, you know, to be one of those guys that's creative and be one of those guys that kind of do, do his own thing a little bit. Uh, Coach, what was it about this opportunity that really caught your eye? Um, I don't know if it caught my eye. You know, we talked about it before. You talked about having the opportunity um, to be able to work with the guy um, that you are so close with. I'm a guy that you care so much about and just want to have the opportunity to be able to go and help. And it just so happens that there were so many people in this building, around this building, around this football team, um, that you that you uh, have the same type of interest with and the same type of core values and the belief um, to come in. Um, and the ability to come here with the guys that you guys have been able to bring in as far as players, as far as coaches, as far as management, um, and it stems down from ownership to, from all over the place in this building. Um, to what we've been able to do. And so the, the ability to be able to come over here and be with those type of people are, are the things that certainly catch your eye when you're talking about moving on and coming to a new job. Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator for your L.A. Rams with us here. And, of course, that person you're talking about is Sean McVay, the head coach who you worked with when you were together in Washington. Now, listen, Sean will tell you, he comes on here all the time with us and – we love to kind of mess with them a little bit. That guitar question you just got asked, there's a whole lot of those kind of questions when we have Sean on because we like to shake him up a little bit. <laughs> now, since you know him so well, give us something about Sean that would surprise us. Oh, you know, it would be tough to shake him up. So it would be hard for me to tell you to shake him up. Um, the thing about it is nothing that's going to surprise you really about him. The guy just loves football, man. Everything about him is about football. Um, he's actually a phenomenal dancer. If you get him in the right setting and you get him in the right place, um, particularly you can see him do some things that are pretty special. Um, he oh, thinks wow. he's Justin Timberlake. He's got a little stuff to him. Um, that might surprise you a little bit. I'm not sure if you, uh, if you know whoa, that. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hold, hold, hold up. Hit the pause. Doesn't surprise hold me. up one second. Is he on a John B. level of, of white I mean, dude? Or is he? The guy's got... The guy's got some flow, but give me my, give me my other option. When you make, when you mix it, John B. You know, you're talking about one of the coolest white dudes. Uh, That's what I'm saying. So in the R&B in the R&B, uh, in the R&B move, but I, I give me another option there. So so does John B. You know, below that is let's say M. Below that, let's say Justin Timberlake. Then below that, let's say the dude from like Color Me Bad. <laughs> I want to sex you he's up. A mixture. He's he's a mixture of swag. Um, 
with with definitely Justin. You know, so you could put him on a Justin swag. Huh. Um, you could put the dance moves, a little bit of mix of Justin, and a little bit of a corniness flow to it that makes it feel good of the color me bad. So um, you could you could put him on all those levels. Um, but when you put us together, you definitely can get the holy grail. All right. Wow. Nice. Wow. Wow. That's some that's some that's some I good intel it. right there, Coach. Yeah. That's a, oh, listen, we good surprised. now. Wait, wait till the next time he's on this show. Oh, we yeah. are going to mess with him again. Oh, <laughs> not God. surprised at all, not one bit. Raheem, let me ask you about um, what it is to be a coach in the NFL this past year. Um, not just where you were, but but just generally speaking, what a strange year it was. I would love to hear it from your perspective. You know. Um, you know, just our country in general, you got to feel for and what we've all been through, um, particularly with the COVID, uh, the pandemic going throughout the, um, and how it affected our game, um, the preparation that went into it um, from the players, from the coaches, from, from just uh, all the way from the NFL office and the, the efforts that you had to put into it. Um, I think this was dynamic for you guys to get a phenomenal football season and know what the players were able to do and the fans, um, the sacrifice of not being able to go to the games. Um, and, 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 you know, at least in full capacity everywhere, um, was certainly something that was missed. Um, but it was a special season. It was a long season. Um, it was certain, certainly that we're looking forward to moving forward from um, and hopefully getting past. But we definitely learned some things. There were some valuable lessons in 2020 um, that people will use and be able to use moving forward, um, particularly with some of the electronic devices we were able to use, how we were able to talk and communicate and connect all over the country um, from anywhere at any time. Um, some of the things that we're able to do, some of the information we're able to give to our players, um, some of the information we're able to get to our staff members and just across the board to increase connection. I think you had to work a little bit harder to get those things going. I think you had to work a little bit harder um, to find ways to make sure your culture was tight and it was the right way. And I think the teams that really uh, won the game was the guys that won the COVID battle and won the waiting game. Um, and that was some lessons that we learned early. Um, and when you had the ability to do that, like the Rams, and you win the battle and you win the, and you win the COVID waiting game, and you find a way to be better than the other teams, you find yourself in the playoff with a chance to go to the NFC Championship like they were. And they got close. Um, and hopefully I can come add to that and be a part of the winning culture that was started here um, from last year. And it's, it's been going on for the last couple of years. All right. uh, Coach, how weird was it, if it was weird at all, to see Tampa win the Super Bowl, given your long history with the franchise, including being there when they won the first time? You know, um, being there was very special for me. And it is not weird um, to watch Tom Brady win a championship. You know, um, um, it's become the norm. Um, he's definitely uh, put himself in the, uh, out of the conversation of who the GOAT is. Um, it's out there who he is. Um, and it was not weird at all. I'm very happy for that ownership team, the Glaziers, and what they've done for my family and the blessing they've been able to provide me throughout coaching. You know, I was fortunate enough to be there for 10 years and absolutely grow up there from um, the standpoint of being a quality control coach all the way to their head coach. And not a lot of people get those opportunities, uh, particularly young black men get those opportunities to be able to grow in place and develop as long as I've been able to in a couple of places that I've been. And I'm extremely proud for those guys. I'm extremely happy for the people that I know in that building, the Mike Greenbergs of the world. Definitely, like I mentioned before, the Glazier family um, and all that they've done. And they have well-deserved. And it's a really good year for them guys to go out there and execute those things. Raheem Morris with us here, D.C., for your L.A. Rams. You mentioned you were the quality defensive quality control coach for that team. Now – I don't know if you know this, but Keyshawn Johnson is all our guy here. Like, he's one of our guys here. We worked with him here in L.A. before he went back to New York to work for the mothership. Um, now, you were a defensive quality control coach. 
What do you my my guess is because Keyshawn loves to say that he gave Sean a tough time back in those days. What what was it like dealing with Keyshawn back then? You know, Keyshawn has always been phenomenal to me. Um, we got a special relationship, always have. Um, you know, it goes back even further than you guys probably even know. Keyshawn was a jet when I was at Hofstra. Oh, that's right. Um, and having the ability to having the ability to walk across the street and watch the original nineteen go to work <laughs> in a jet uniform was something that was special. Um, I got friends that were definitely Jet fans, and we were able to go over there and see him play. Um, he got a chance to play with an alum. I got a chance to watch a, definitely a battle between the Green Lantern and uh, Keyshawn at the time. And then you got a chance to watch him go down to Tampa and, and then having a chance to join him in Tampa and be the quality control coach and him let me know how the things that he that we did on offense only worked when he was out there at the X. You know, <laughs> the run game wouldn't work without him standing out there at the X. The run game didn't work without him standing out there wherever he's going to be as far as the receiving position. That stuff worked because of Keyshawn, and he'll be the first one to tell you about it. Oh, yeah, we know that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, I, now, I do have this really important question to ask you. How do you know Sean could dance so well? <laughs> Where were you at? You know, uh, what was the club? Like we mentioned, like we mentioned, um, Sean and I, you guys only give us credit for knowing each other from Washington. Um, we knew each other from our Tampa days. Um, oh, and you go back to our Tampa days, we were both very young, very single, and we were very uh, capable of going out and, and cutting a rug or two. Um, there's some things you do when you go out there and you, and you touch a city and you can be young um, and you can uh, be around your family, be around your friends and have fun um, from an in-office aspect. And then also they'd be able to go out and have fun with that same guy and all of those rims. And, like, um, I cherish all those moments. And all those moments of us being able to go on vacation together and, and be able to sit around and talk about some of the stuff that we talk about and dream about some of the things that we dreamed about and, and, and to watch those things come to fruition right now with what he's doing with the L.A. Rams um, was awesome. And, and definitely um, those are the moments that make you definitely, knowing he can cut a rug, be ready to come back and help him as much as you possibly can. Um, to win a championship here in L.A. Oh, so you so you and McVeigh in the strip capital of the world. Right, there you go. Okay, I got you. Bam, yeah. understood. Mons. Mons. <laughs> gotcha. Right. Keep it clean, man. Right. <laughs> You're like, come on, man. Cut me a break, will you? You don't have to say the names of the places, do you? Hey, Raheem, today, today's day one, right? Today is day one on the job. Is that right? Uh, for me um, – it's kind of a war room right now. I think I'm about day two, day three. Okay. Because um, what I really want to ask is, you is, uh, what, what do you do? Do you, do you just get in, find your office, and start digging into film to understand the personnel? Like, what is it that you do when you first jump in? Well, fortunately enough here, we got really great people. Um, Dan and our video department, those guys were able to ship me out a computer, ship me out things so I can get in a jump on watching people, watching personnel, get a chance to talk to a few people, um, get Jalen Ramsey on the phone, talk to him, just let him know. I can't wait to see him leave Leave a couple guys like Aaron Donald. Some of those guys have messaged and can't wait to get in contact with the whole defense um, this weekend, uh, one at a time, to be able to communicate with those guys. Um, but it was certainly nice to get in the building this week um, to be able to be on here and be able to see some of these guys live and in person and to be able to talk about some of the attributes that we do have and be able to talk about the people that are in this building and to be able to hear from everybody that's get a chance to touch our players um, in a special way and to hear what they think about everybody and go through our 360 mechanics of the player and how we are going to make these guys our confidence and be able to make these guys reach their highest potential. And I really love that. And now I get a chance to deep dive into some of the cut-ups and what they really did well last year um, and, and being able to utilize some of the coaches that were left over, um, the Shulas, um, the Hennies, and all those type of guys and what they bring to the table along with Ajero Evero um, coming back and those guys returning. Um, I'm, I, I am in, uh, in football heaven. 
and it's just one of those things you get a chance to come here and do it with these guys, it'll be pretty special. Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator for your Los Angeles Rams. Raheem, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for all the intel for the next time we have Sean. Uh, Stay healthy, stay safe, and best of luck. Hope to talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Anytime, man. Look forward to it. You guys are great, man. Take it easy. All right, man. You too. Take care. There's Raheem Morris with us here. All right. Coming up next, Cap's got a question. He's got some burning question, LZ, that he wants to ask you and me. I have no clue what it is. You don't have a clue. In our show meeting, he's like, I just want to ask you, but I want to ask you on the air. I want it to be spontaneous. So, Cap, what's the question? Are you going to pose it now? So I want to get you guys' opinion on something, but I don't want to tell it to you right now because I don't want you to have a chance okay. to think about it and, okay. Okay. and, and like let it marinate. You know, I don't want you to contemplate the ifs at the break. I want to just get your opinion on something because I know it's, it's the way I'm feeling about the way I'm viewing sporting events, but I want to know if it's the same way you guys are feeling it. All right, we'll do that on the other side. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I like the remix version there that he did. <laughs> you do have a lot of questions. I right, do. What, I what do. is your question now? I do have a lot of questions. I do. It's very true, George Sedano. You're curious. I'm, I'm a very curious person. It's, it's true. I ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you guys a question. Okay. So when the pandemic hit last year, and sports got shut down. I'm sure you guys felt like everybody who's listening, like, I would love sports to come back. Like, I really yeah. miss sports. And then when sports finally came back, we were like, oh, my God, this is great. The games are back. The players are back. I'm watching this stuff on TV. And I was thinking at the time, how am I going to react as a viewer? Like, will the game be different to me? If I'm watching an NFL football game and there's no fans in the stands, does it matter to me, the viewer? And then the bubble came, and in the bubble, they found a creative way to make me, the TV viewer, feel like there was energy somehow. And, and so maybe it was just because people were sitting at home in front of their computers and they were watching the game and they were moving and they were... So I, I felt like during the bubble, I still felt like watching basketball and watching the games was very exciting. What I'm starting to notice is, is that with the arenas empty... And with them kind of quiet and this lack of energy that I'm feeling as a viewer that I didn't know if I was going to feel and then I didn't feel during the bubble. So really what I'm asking you two guys is this. Is your viewing experience different? Is it better? You can hear more. Is it worse? There's no energy. Is it exactly the same the way it always was? What is your experience watching sports when the seats are tarped off and there's not fans close by and people aren't standing on their feet around the floor, is the lack of a, of a crowd at a game impacting your viewing in any way? That's my question. LZ, I'll let you go first. No. Your turn. <laughs> um, I'll say this. Now, as I'm watching sports, because we talk about sports for a living – I'm looking at it 
in a different lens more times than not, right? I'm looking at it as how can I utilize something I see at the game to talk about on the show or talk about in one of the TV shows, right? Like, so I, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it from a different lens. However, I just did um, someone's podcast, uh, a young man, college student, who had hit me up on Instagram, and I'm like, sure, I'll do your podcast. So one of the questions he asked me was, what is the coolest game that you've been a part of, like when you've been uh, on an NBA sideline? And I said, man, there's so many of them, right? Like I can't really just pick one, but I'll tell you this. The one, the next one I do with a full house and fans in the stands because the the – pandemic is over and and people are taking the vaccine and we are on the road to recovery as a a country and 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 globally that will be the one if i whenever the first game i do when that happens and i am in the house and i can you know do my regular sideline hit and can barely hear you know mike breen or mark jones or dave pash or ryan rucco throw to me that's the one that I will cherish the most because it will be something that I haven't done in so long that it'll feel good. So I I, I feel like my answer isn't as direct as I would like it to be, Scott, but I do think that it does affect it. As someone who has been in an arena recently for some of these games, it doesn't feel the same. It does feel – the competition is still great, right? But the energy that the fans provide to me, yes, it does – it does take away from the experience, more yeah. so in person, uh, but a little bit at home because now I know what it feels like in there. I never thought that watching a game that I wanted the crowd, I never felt like the crowd was an important part of the viewer's experience. But now that there is no crowd, I feel like, man, the energy that a crowd brings to an arena and then – translates to the ball players on the court and the, just the when, when LeBron you know hits his hands and the the powder flies up in the air um, when when there's two seconds to go and everybody's standing and you can see it and you can feel it I as a viewer thought you know I don't think I'll miss that I don't think that'll impact me but I think what I'm finding is as I'm watching games I kind of find it to be less fun to watch when there's nobody there when the crowd isn't there that's how i'm feeling about it lz okay i mean like like i said i am not impacted at all from from television i mean more often than not i don't have the sound on anyway when i watch sports because i'm multitasking or have multiple screens going so i don't really notice um now when i've been in a space that it's normally has more people in it. Um, that's when I notice, but from television or whatever screen I'm watching experience, nah. Yeah, like I see the, the seats are all tarped off. Like if I were working for the Lakers, if I were in the marketing department, I'd be like, you know, listen, I'm watching the games and the, there's nobody there, so everything's all black and tarped off. You know what would be kind of cool is what if we came up with a way to do what they did at the Super Bowl where it made it look full because there were these cardboard cutouts and you know, listen, uh, you can sell them, you can donate to charity, whatever. I, that's You figure that out. I'm just coming up with the idea to try and make it more attractive for the TV viewer. And I just wonder if other people are feeling the same way about it because I just feel like I didn't think the crowd would impact my viewing, 
and I'm watching now and I'm not feeling the electricity and the excitement that a crowd brings to not just the arena, but I now miss the crowd as a TV viewer. Uh, well, we can ask the audience, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Uh, also, I want to get back to Trevor Bauer because we were starting to kind of lay down uh, some thoughts on Trevor Bauer's uh, initial foray and in meeting with the media here in L.A. as he's been introduced as the newest member of the Dodgers. We could get into some of that as well. Stick around. Sedano, LZ, and Cap back in two and a half minutes. But, f- oh, no, no traffic this time. I uh, caught myself there. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in two and a half minutes. 710 ESPN.